where the DJ talks. Don't say anything. Okay. Each of these media creates a uh, new environment. It creates a new situation for human association and human perception. Any medium at all creates a new pattern, a new, a new atmosphere, a new environment of human perception, which works upon the whole man. It works upon the whole society. That is the effect of a medium. It has that total pervasive effect. That is the message that social change that is brought about. The content of the medium is never the message because the content is always the old medium. From the vast wilds of the Great White North for the week of February the 19th, 2023, it's TVA, a Canadian perspective on television from north of the 49th parallel. I'm Greg David. And I'm Amy Wilson. And we would like you to put your television on mute or pause your streaming service for episode 258 of TVA, the podcast. Uh, Hello, everybody. Uh, I hope everyone listening has had a great couple of weeks, actually more than a couple of weeks, because we've had things happening in our lives, um, but we're happy to be back. And uh, we're actually... Um, before we get going into trying, you know, talking about the beverage update and Canadian news and all of that, and there is a lot of Canadian news, um, we're trying out something called Clean Feed, which was recommended as a podcast streaming service. So, um, we're if this works, fingers crossed, uh, we'll use this regularly um, because it's um, it's a little bit more bare bones, and Amy and I both admit that we like bare bones, um, and uh, more importantly. Yeah. Uh, it is not, uh, we're not hemmed in by Zoom and the, uh, and, you know, kind of talking for only 40 minutes a time. So, hey, if this works, we can blather on for hours and hours. Are you ready for that, Amy? I, I think so. People will never get rid of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those unsubscribes will start coming through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so before we get to this week's calendar and a bunch of news stories, um, what have you got for the beverage update this time around, Amy? Well, it is after five o'clock here, so I um, don't feel too guilty that I have poured myself uh, a rum daiquiri by Tails Cocktails, and this is made with Bacardi rum, and it is just a uh, London uh, company that started up in 2010, apparently, by the back of their bottle, and they just made pre- they make pre-made cocktails in a bottle, so that's all it is, nothing special, but it uh, it tastes nice. It was sunny today, and so this is kind of a nice, refreshing you know, hint of what may come later in the year for me, because it's been a very gray, dark, depressing winter, and I deserve a summer drink. You sure do. What was the name of that again? Bacardi what? It, it is Tails Cocktails. Tails. Tails as in uh, cattail. Of course. Um, and uh, it, it, this one has Bacardi rum in it. It is a rum daiquiri, but they do a variety um, of different mixed cocktails in a pre-made let me see here on their their little website. Oh yeah, they have an espresso martini, whisker, whiskey, whisker, whiskey sour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to go, go with the, the cattail. Yeah, yes, uh, a, a gin gimlet and passion fruit martini. And this was part of a uh, a uh, Valentine's uh, dinner that uh, option that we got from uh, Waitrose. It was a special, so we ordered it in, and it's quite delicious. Oh, that's good. Uh, when you were talking, like, it's so easy now for the alcohol companies to, you know, make these pre-mixed drinks that make it so easy. Um, I remember, like, Bacardi, uh, I know I'm totally dating myself, but, like, the first cooler that I ever had was Wildberry Coolers. Oh, yeah. And uh, by Seagram's. And then I remember mm-hmm. Bacardi was one of those first companies on the map, too, with their pre-mixed drinks. And, um, man, even the Caesars, I know you don't, 
I, I know it's in the States, it's Bloody Marys, but of course, Bloody Caesars are a thing here in Canada, mm-hmm. and you can get those pre-mixed and spicy and, and regular and ready to go. So, man, they, they make it so easy for us to get hammered, don't they? They do. The only thing that stops me, thank God, is that this is uh, it's got sugar in it, and right. I usually, if I'm going to do that, I usually use a, a mixed drink. I usually use Diet Coke or something. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really boring. So that keeps me honest. The sugar, not the alcohol, keeps right. me honest. Right. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, just, good point. Just a little bit. So for me this week, I'm gonna have this later on because it's just after noon here in Quebec. And I'm gonna but I'm gonna be having a Macallan original draft cider. And when I bought this at the grocery store, because you can buy your alcohol at the grocery store here in Quebec, I didn't realize that it was local. Well local-ish. It's um, made in Rougemont, Rougemont Quebec which is actually a little south and east of Montreal. So it's officially the Eastern Townships, which is a beautiful part of Quebec, by the way. Um, so yeah, I didn't realize when I was picking this up that I was supporting uh, locals. So um, it's good. I've, I've had it before. I had uh, one a couple of Sundays ago when I was making dinner, and I, I really like it. I like a dry cider, and so this one um, really fit the bill. So yeah, if you like cider, try McCowan. M-C-K-E-O-W-N, Original Draft Cider. And we will put links Mm -hmm. to uh, Tails Cocktails and Macau and Cider in uh, the show notes. Excellent. I never refer to the show notes. It felt weird saying show notes out out loud. Oh, it sounds so official. It does. Professional. Yeah, yeah, weird. All right, so let's get to the calendar uh, for the next couple of weeks. Um, We did miss a bunch of things. Um, So if you haven't seen it already, the Spencer Sisters debuted back on Friday, February the 10th on CTV. And go to tv-eh.com for the feature story that I did on the show. I interviewed Leah Thompson uh, and... um, uh, Stacy Farber, who are the leads of the show, and they were a pleasure to talk to. I'm hoping actually to speak to Stacy kind of one on one because, uh, you know, I love junkets, but you certainly don't get enough time to speak to people, multiple people, when, uh, you know, a network only gives you 10 or 15 minutes to chat between two people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really good show. Um, I've compared it with. Uh, British murder mysteries. Uh, there's a lot of humor. You've got a couple of female mm-hmm. leads. Uh, not a lot of blood. Like there's no blood in guts in the in the murder cases. It isn't always a murder case that they're solving. Um, but uh, yeah, we're a few weeks in on that. A couple of weeks in on that one. Uh, so if you're interested, check it out. Uh, you can stream it. Uh, it's available on the CTV app, or you can watch it in repeats. Just just go to the CTV CTV website and find out when it's uh, when it's on next. Um, yeah, I saw the first episode and I enjoyed it. I yeah. have to catch up on the rest. You, you know, uh, to be honest with you, I didn't think that, that the first episode was the strongest one because there wasn't a crime. It was the student that, um, you know, her admissions had been faked. Um, she'd been accused right. of plagiarism. And I thought, oh, that's not a great storyline. But I think, you know, it had to be a little bit lighter with regard to the quote-unquote crime because they needed to introduce the characters. Uh, right. You know, there was a lot of world building that had to happen in that first episode. The second episode, I thought, was a lot stronger because there actually was a death. Uh, and, of course, you know, the characters, the, the actresses are getting into their characters. So uh, the second episode was definitely a little bit better than the first one. Okay, uh, well, then I already liked the first one, so I guess... Um, your gold will only go up from there your gold yes all and, right <laughs> and what i'm excited about too is e1 is shopping these series around the world so even if you don't have access to it uh over there in the uk i'm sure that there's going to be a uk broadcaster that quickly picks it up because this show is definitely made for international sales and has international appeal so so fret not mm-hmm. 
fret not, fans around the world. It is going to be coming to you. Oh, okay. Well, then I expect to see it on my <laughs> Sky TV. Soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, or Acorn or BritBox or, or uh, yep. whatever. Um, okay, and then uh, this just debuted, a couple of shows that debuted in the last couple of days, Canada's Ultimate Challenge on CBC. This kicked off on Thursday the 16th. And basically it's Canadians uh, being paired up with, uh, with Olympians and professional athletes here in Canada and just going from city to city kind of doing uh, – and it, it – it's being referred to as kind of an obstacle course. It's, it is very much like um, the Amazing Race Canada, even though I haven't watched a full episode of it, so I am a little bit talking on my butt about it. Um, but I have not watched an episode because it really didn't interest me, but it may interest you, so definitely uh, check that out. It's called Canada's Ultimate Challenge, and if you missed the first episode, you can check it out for free on CBC Gem. The other show that I wanted to talk about that kicked off in the last couple of days is Thunder Bay on Crave. And Thunder Bay started out as a podcast originally. Uh, an indigenous a stand-up comedian and creator went back to his hometown to kind of investigate not only the instances of um, murdered and missing indigenous women and kids, or teenagers in the area, but also corruption within police services and why it is that um, Thunder Bay is kind of is the murder capital of Canada. And he went into the history of the settling of Thunder Bay and Dutch immigrants and, uh, you know, racism through the years and um, and how it really is kind of um, a city that is you know, in the middle of the country. And so therefore they kind of do things their own way there. Uh, and so that was what the podcast was about. And now the series on Crave uh, delves a little bit deeper into that. And so the first episode is, is spent very much talking about murdered and missing indigenous women and youth and uh, the investigations that have happening have happened. Uh, there have been a shocking number of indigenous women and youth that have gone missing or been murdered in the Thunder Bay area over the last decade. Uh, and, uh, and the cases don't always go to trial. And so uh, if you're interested in, in, in that, uh, if you listen to the podcast, or even if you didn't, I think you should definitely check out Thunder Bay. Uh, it's not happy. Uh, I will tell you that. It's going to make you feel badly for being a Canadian and knowing that this kind of stuff happens. And I know this stuff happens in this country anyway, but to have a show like Thunder Bay kind of throw it out there in your face is, is definitely not It's not a feel-good show, but I think it's a necessary show. Um, mm -hmm. And just so you know, the Thunder Bay police have been told, there was an internal memo that went out a couple of days ago telling them not to watch the show because it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't tell the whole story, which of course is usually when people say um, when the story being told isn't one that's in your favor. So, yeah. Well, uh, yes. Uh, uh, in happier news, if you're listening to us on Sunday, the second season of Best in Miniature is returning on CBC. And this is all about uh, the folks that make uh, dollhouses and the uh, furniture for dollhouses. And uh, each week, uh, it's a competition series. And each week, these professional uh, dollhouse makers, designers, builders uh, are competing um, by uh, their designing and one of them I'm trying to interior design. They're designing rooms in their dollhouse. So if it's anything like the first season, uh, the first episode, tonight's episode will be spent building their dream dollhouse. And then subsequent episodes will have them uh, filling those, those rooms in their houses uh, with the furniture that they've built. It's a pretty cool show. This is from Marble Media. And uh, we've talked about how great their programming has been and how niche their programming has been. So mm -hmm. uh, check it out. If you don't get a chance to see it tonight, you can, of course, uh, stream it on CBC Gem 
and uh, so yeah, you watched the first season of Best in Miniature. You saw bits of it, right, Amy? I saw bits of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then this Friday. February the 24th is the debut of Push on CBC. And this is eight episodes, and it stars a woman named Bean Gill. And it's a new original unscripted series that takes audiences into the inner world of the Wheelie Peeps, an unlikely group of friends and wheelchair users bonded by their shared experience of navigating life on wheels. They are self-proclaimed rednecks, former exotic dancers, mothers, concert pianists, and more. And whether it's growing a family, fighting social stigma, or jumping back into the dating pool, this determined group of friends is working together to prove that even though their mobility may be limited, their lives and dreams are most certainly not. So you can check out uh, Push, like I said, kicks off this Friday, uh, February the 24th at 8.30 on CBC. You can stream it on CBC Gem. And just as an aside, Bean Gill uh, previously did a project uh, with AMI, a couple, actually. You can't ask that. But then Wheelie Girl Stories, which was a one-hour documentary that focused on Bean and her friends and this group um, uh, uh, this group of friends that have evolved over the years and that they're all wheelchair users. So this is really kind of an extension of that one-hour episode that AMI did. Uh, CBC, I don't want to say they stole the idea or stole the series. But anyway, they've turned it into a series that goes a little bit more in-depth. So looking forward to, uh, to watching Bo- uh, Push. And I might actually get a chance to talk to Bean. Um, um, I've spoken to her in the past, so I may uh, chat with her about the show and give the show a little bit of support. Okay. And the last show I want to mention is Plan B, and that is debuting on mm-hmm. Monday, February the 27th on CBC. And uh, there's going to be a feature going up on TVA later on this week because I had a chance to speak to um, Patrick J. Adams, uh, who is on Suits, and Karen Van Ass, who a uh, beloved actress for me anyway on Cardinal. Uh, and uh, it's been adapted from the Radio Canada French language drama. It's set in Montreal. And it's about a man on a desperate and relentless quest to save his relationship and, by extension, his whole world. And so the idea of this is that Philip's life, his marriage, his job... His house, everything is kind of falling apart. And uh, one night he's drunk and in a bar and sees in the men's bathroom this uh, company called Plan B where you can call and have your life changed. And so it's all about what if you have the chance to change your life, go back and try and fix those mistakes. And then inevitably when you try and fix those mistakes, you make other ones. So that's Plan Mm -hmm. B. I've had the chance to see the first two episodes and it's really, really good. Um... Uh, it, it is high concept. It doesn't spend a lot of time on the whole time travel thing. This is just uh, a way to get into um, delving into these characters' lives, but very well acted, and I think um, folks are really going to like it. Yeah, I saw the first episode and uh, just yesterday, actually. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it is uh, it is very high concept, but uh, it's kind of like a very serious, very well-done Groundhog Day, frankly. <laughs> and, yeah! Uh, you know, it just, he kind of like... Calls this uh, not to give away spoilers, but yeah, finds this uh, number to call, and then things just kind of nothing crazy happens. All of a sudden, he just gets to redo certain things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the uh, and literally his life is falling apart. They couldn't be uh, any more on the nose with that. When he literally wakes up in his house, is like in complete disarray, and uh, and he's got a very unhappy wife, and things are not going very well. But uh, it was very intriguing that the cast is fantastic. You mm-hmm. can't get much better than the, the cast that they have. So I'm really looking forward to reading your uh, your interviews because uh, I was very impressed with what I saw, and I also love. Karen Vaness. So, 
Yes. And I actually reached out to her because, again, this was a junket. And so there were the two co-creators and executive producers. There was Karin and there was um, um, uh, 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 Patrick on the, all on the call together. And, again, 15 minutes isn't enough time. So I did mm-hmm. reach out to Karin after the fact and said, hey, listen, would you mind getting together later on in the season and talking about this? And she said, absolutely. And oh, there's cool. also – I need to ask her because there's some rumors going around about more cardinal – Um, Billy Campbell was kind of posted on Twitter about this and I know I'm going way off topic, but he kind of hinted at maybe that there was something in the works. So I need to pick her brain about that because they've both said in the past that they would love to come back and do more Cardinal. And there are uh, many, many more books and can be delved into with these characters. So I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm on a mission. I know I'm on a mission to find out more about whether there's more Cardinal, but of course talk about plan B as well. Well, you, yes, definitely do that because there, there's so much info you can get there and yeah. you would make a lot of Cardinal fans very happy, including yeah. me. It's yeah. such a fantastic series. So, oh, so sad. Greg with the ended. scoop. Yeah, and I just realized, oh, I actually have some scoop. A little bit of scoop, a little bit of hot gossip. Um, Okay, so (laughs) getting away from the hot gossip, let's get into the plethora of news stories that we have. And uh, Amy, I'm going to shut up and let you talk about this uh, first one. Ah, yeah, I'm really bummed about this one, Greg, because Mm. uh, as you know, it's one of my favorite shows. But uh, Cameron Pictures has announced that Pretty Hard Cases is ending. Uh, On February the 8th, the production company tweeted, quote, We're very sad to share that season three of Pretty Hard Cases will be our final season. Thank you to all the amazing cast and crew who have worked on with us these last three years and made the show possible. And uh, of course, the show was uh, co-created by Tassie Cameron and Sherry Wright, uh, White, excuse me, Sherry White, and uh, stars Meredith McNeil uh, as Sam Wazowski, a guns and gangs detective and single mom who finds herself teamed with uh, drug Squad Detective Kelly Duff, played by Adrian Seymour, uh, and together they pair to uh, try to take down a neighborhood of gang dealing drugs uh, and weapons. Um, That was the first season, and since then, the second season uh, really delved further into the relationship and between these two women and uh, got into their personal lives and and their their friendships, and it focused on women in their 40s, which is, you know, something that you don't see a lot on TV, and uh, people get, uh, women get their own show, it's the they're the focus mm-hmm. and uh, at that point in their lives, especially. And so it's, it's going to be a huge loss. I think it, it was, uh, it was a fun show. Um, and the chemistry between Adrian Seymour and Meredith McNeil is off the charts. Yep. And I am going to so miss seeing them every week. But um, while I would have loved, uh, you know, for, for more, uh, at least we can uh, finish watching season three, which uh, is continuing to air Wednesdays at 9 PM on CBC. So fans, enjoy it while you can, because it's going. Yeah, it's weird. I'll have to check Bill Brew with Bill Brew on his website, Brew.tv, and see if he had any notes about the ratings. Um, you know, uh, there's so many things that go into the reasons for a show being canceled. And, you know, Cameron Pictures were very quick to say, you know, the show's been sold um you know the three seasons are going to be available uh, down in the states on hulu and then the, the show is being shopped around for other countries so uh, two other countries so you know there's going to be that broadcasting money coming in but clearly it wasn't enough to keep the show going for another season and and the cameron picture uh, cameron pictures the posts were definitely sad they're definitely bummed about it so it clearly kind of came out of left field for them and i you know i'm yeah. guessing it was probably had to do with ratings, and unfortunately, there's nothing you can do when you know when it comes to those ratings. 
ratings and and new shows that are in the pipeline for a network like CBC, um, you know, stuff is going to fall by the wayside. But like you said, we've had three seasons of the show to enjoy, and uh, I've enjoyed them for sure. Yeah. All right. And uh, on that uh, somewhat sad note, we will move to you, and you have some uh, 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 news about a new CTV show that's coming up. Yes, absolutely. It is called Shelved, and CTV announced this uh, last week that it's going to be kicking off its first season on March the 6th, uh, joining CTV's mid-season schedule, Mondays at 9.30, and it's going to be available on ctv.ca and the CTV app. And this was, uh, we spoke about this uh, briefly before, uh, created by Playback Magazine's showrunner of the year recipient, Anthony Q. Farrell, who's worked on The Office, amongst other things. Uh, Shelved follows the eclectic eclectic staff and eccentric patrons in the underfunded Jameson branch of the Metropolitan Public Library. And this is filmed in Toronto. Uh, It's a single camera comedy and there are going to be eight half hour episodes. And in the episode, uh, in these episodes, we're going to follow Jameson, the folks at Jameson Library. Uh, Wendy Yarmouth uh, uh, is the branch head and she's constantly aiming to provide services for the community despite bureaucracy, underfunding and a lack of resources. And and alongside her unconventional staff, including junior librarian Jack Bedard, played by Dakota Ray Hebert, uh, librarian Howard Tite, Tut, excuse me, played by Chris Sandiford, and senior librarian and assistant branch head Bryce DeLaurel, played by Paul Bronstein, who folks will remember from Baroness Von Sketch. He was in the Cottage uh, Sketch, which was hilarious. Um, yes. Wendy finds a way back to give back to her community and create a found family. Uh, Robin Duke, who we last saw in Schitt's Creek, she follows me on Twitter randomly. She's going to be in, uh, in Shelved as well. And Taylor Love is playing the character of Sheila Boyd. Uh, Varun Saranga from Winona Earp is going to be playing a character named Alvin Ooh. Canada. And uh, so, yeah, this is uh, this show has been in the works for a while. And uh, Anthony Q. Farrell, man, he's been doing so many programs um, on uh, Canadian television in the last couple of years. And so Shelved is the latest one. I'm going to have a little bit more information in the weeks to come. Um, we've had the opportunity to speak to, to do an interview with Wendy Yarmouth. Um, so I think uh, probably going to chat with her and get a little bit of, you know, find out more about the show. Haven't seen any screeners yet, but once we've got some screeners, I'll share them with, uh, with Amy and we can check them out and then give folks a preview of uh, mm-hmm. Shelved before it kicks off on uh, March 6th on CTV. Okay. Any thoughts? Preliminary um, thoughts? Oh, my biggest thought is that I just, I know that I just uh, dumped over my water. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> so, oh, I'm, I'm, it's going towards my microphone. Okay, so oh, I'll do the next, I'll do, uh, I'll jump and do the no. next story while you clean up. Uh, yeah, no, no, I got it. You I good? Got it. A little towel, yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, having my uh, laundry basket nearby was helpful there. Ah. <laughs> yes. Uh, t-shirt actually just saved me. Anyway, yes, uh, very professional there. Sorry, guys. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> Um, uh, uh, okay, where we are, our next story is, um, Slasher. Slasher, that's right. Um, fans of Aaron Martin's Slasher anthology series will be happy to learn that a new bloody season will be premiering on Thursday, April 6th at 9 p.m. Eastern on Hollywood Suite, with episodes available on Hollywood Suite On Demand after they air. Uh, for the fifth season, Slasher Ripper, 
heads back in time to the uh, late 19th century. It stars Eric McCormick as Basil Garvey, a charismatic but ruthless tycoon overseeing a city with a vicious serial killer on the loose. That's never good. Um, <laughs> however, unlikely, unlike, uh, however, unlike Jack the Ripper, who preyed on the poor, uh, the widow, as this uh, killer is called in uh, this season, is targeting the rich and powerful. Mm. Standing in the way is newly promoted detective Kenneth Rikers, whose ironclad belief in justice might be another casualty of the widow. Um, until that uh, airs, viewers can also stream Slasher Flesh and Blood, which was released last fall and stars uh, David Cronenberg, mm. the David Cronenberg, exclusively on Hollywood Suite On Demand. So, have you been watching the Slasher uh, anthology series, Greg? I absolutely have. Uh, I think that, that Aaron, Aaron uh, Martin and Ian Carpenter have created a fantastic franchise. Uh, Adam McDonald uh, directed, has directed several se- uh, seasons of the show, and he's, um, he's going to be an executive producer on this one. He might have been as well, but the three of them have sick minds, and they have created this franchise, which is fantastic. Um, Eric McCormick is great in anything that he does. He is. Um, uh, so I'm very excited about that. It's a period drama. I'm thrilled about that because I'm all in on period dramas. And I just love the fact that in this franchise, they're just jumping, uh, you know, uh, from, you know, uh, from period to period with this stuff. I'm just, I'm all in on this and just so excited about it. And, um, so yeah, like Amy said, go back and watch um, past seasons, which are available on uh, Hollywood Suite on demand. Yes, you do have to pay a little bit extra to get Hollywood Suite on demand, but definitely um, worth it. And also, I think uh, if you have access to Crave, uh, Terror Train, which uh, Ian and Aaron made for Shudder, is available. It's a remake. Uh, there are actually mm. two Terror Trains now that are available. Um, so they reinvigorated the Terror Train franchise, which was a slasher movie back in the... I think it was the 80s. Uh, if it wasn't the late 70s, it was definitely the 80s. Yeah, it's got to be the 80s. Um, and those are definitely a lot of fun to check out as well. So these guys have found their niche, and they're covering that niche in blood. So very excited about this. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm also excited. I've seen bits and pieces of the uh, other series of this, but the fact that it's going to the 19th century, which I am a, a complete sucker for. Anytime it, it has anything that's uh, in that Victorian period, and you mentioned Jack the Ripper, and yep. you know, and who isn't in this, but you know, it's same time period. Yep. I'm absolutely there. So, and Eric McCormick is, is a fantastic. Do you know, and I'm putting you on the spot here, do you know much more about the casting in the sh- of the show other than Eric? No, they haven't said anything about, about other cast, uh, other casting. Cause I'm, I'm really interested in that. I'm also interested in, interested in the fact that, you know, uh, the widow, I mean, Obviously, it's going to be female. That's not to say that there haven't been female killers in previous seasons of Slasher, because there has. But, you know, giving this killer the widow uh, name is you're like, okay, it's going to be female. I mean, I guess they could sw- they, they could switch it up and, and do uh, kind of a gender twist, which is totally, uh, totally cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm all up for them saying that it's the widow and, and it's probably going to be a female character. Right, because I was looking around trying to find any other, because April's not that far away. I thought there'd be more casting news by now, but I couldn't find anything other than I found a a little rumor on Reddit. So it was Reddit, folks. (laughs) So I I don't know. But supposedly, maybe uh, the detective Kenneth Rikers is played by uh, Gabriel Darku, who was in season three and also played a character. 
the last name Rikers. So okay, that was what a couple of people said, but that could be completely inaccurate. In which case, don't write me or do write me, whatever. Well, you know, you know, you bring up a really good point because they do tend to those guys do tend to use the same cast and just rotate them through as different characters. So I think that that <clears throat> excuse me, I think that that makes total sense to do that. That you know, if you've watched past seasons of Slash, that there are going to be familiar faces. So yeah, I think that's a safe bet, and I wouldn't be surprised mm. if you're dead on with that assumption for the Riker character. Ooh, all right. Well, exciting times for slasher fans. Absolutely. Yes. Like you said, April is right around the corner. April the 6th. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of uh, shows that are back with new seasons, um, a, a Crave has ordered another season, a second season of the smash hit original comedy series, Shorzy. Uh, this was released actually back in January. So this isn't, this isn't breaking news by any means, but did want to mention it. Created by and starring Jared Kiso and produced by New Metric Media in association with Kiso's Play Fun Games. The second season is going to be six episodes and it's going to once again follow the foul-mouthed, chirp-serving, mother-loving, fan-favorite character, Shorzy and the embattled Sudbury Blueberry Bulldogs as they continue their quest to never lose again. A production set to begin in Sudbury in spring. And uh, like uh, like Letterkenny, Shorzy has become a smash hit for Crave. So really a no-brainer that this is going to be made. Um, uh, all of the, the folks involved in that first season of Shorzy are going to be back for the second season. So good for them. I mean, again... Talk about a powerful franchise, man. Uh, when I spoke to Jared Kiso that very first time about the first season of Letterkenny, I never thought that it would explode the way that it has. And uh, and and not only have spinoffs, but also like North American tours uh, before uh, COVID hit and shut everything That's down. That's right. Yeah. And a beer. Yeah. It's astonishing, but I mean, it's it's a fantastic show. So I, I hate to say that I haven't seen Shorzy, Greg, so I guess I need to get with it. Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of Letterkenny, definitely check it out. And uh, yeah, um, I might have to find you some links and kind of send them to you, but you didn't hear that on the podcast. No, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, So our next story is Blue Ant Media has greenlit three new series that will air on its specialty, specialty TV networks and streaming channels in 2023. The first is Haunted by History which is a six-episode series featuring paranormal investigators uh, Corinne Carey, Leanne Salenbach, and Kelly Ireland. who uh, That's the same trio who appeared in Haunted Gold Rush a few months back. And uh, I remember us talking about that, Greg, and I'm not sure you loved that show that much. I but, ripped um, it. I ripped but, it. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but apparently it did very well yeah. in the ratings. And so enough so that the, uh, this, uh, this trio is going to be back. And this time uh, they'll be traveling across North America to meet with people who have had paranormal encounters at historic locations. And they're going to try to investigate and bring closure to the people and the area and I, I guess the ghosts. Um, it is scheduled to air uh, on uh, Teeny Canada this spring and will also be available on Blue Ant's free streaming channel Haunt TV in the US, UK, us, and Australia in 2023. I didn't know that they had a free streaming channel uh, called Haunt TV that I could find in the UK. So, mm-hmm. yay. All right. Uh, uh-oh. I, I may never... <laughs> come out yeah Um, anyway all right and uh next uh, a secret to die for is a two-episode true crime documentary that explores how a person's secret life can make them the target of a murderer 
Oh, no. It uh, uh, will air on TNE in Canada this summer and also uh, on the free streaming channel Total Crime in the U.S. in 2023. And finally, Secrets in the Sand is a six-part series that examines curiosities that, that have been discovered beneath the world's deserts, including lost ancient cities and mysterious geological formations. It is scheduled to air on uh, Cottage Life in Canada this summer. So there you go. Three three shows to look forward to or totally ignore, depending on your tastes. Yeah, um, it was funny when, you know, it was kind of like Blue Ant Media saying, hey, giving me the, you know, thumbing their nose at me because I did not like Haunted Gold Rush. And the reason that I didn't like it is actually the strength of what Haunted by History is, is that the three stars of the show spent an awful lot of time talking about the history of the area that they were in rather than investigating the Haunted Gold Rush angle. Like I wanted them to be more, um, you know, kind of in the Gold Rush area and in, invest, doing paranormal investigations. So the fact that this makes a lot more sense, having these three do the Haunted by History about North America and meeting mm-hmm. with real people that are recounting their stories. So I, I think that this is going to be much stronger, um, definitely, than, uh, than Haunted Gold Rush, for me, anyway. Yeah, I'm pretty much, give me an EVP. If I don't get an EVP, I'm not happy. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So you've got some AMI news. I do have some AMI news. Um, and again, I work for AMI. That's my day gig. Uh, so I'm talking about it. So live with it. All right. So AMI is <laughs> announcing the debut of Ness Murby, transcending March the 8th on AMI TV. And uh, this is AMI in partnership with Anade Productions. And we worked with, or AMI worked with Anade on the show Mindset Go for three seasons. And debuting on Wednesday, March the 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern on AMI TV, and of course on demand at AMI.ca and on the AMI TV app. This is a six part documentary series that follows groundbreaking Paralympian Ness Murby as he trains and vies to become the first, the world's first openly trans man to compete at a Paralympic Games. And so not only are you are we going to be following Ness as he trains to be the first openly trans man to compete at a Paralympic Games, but also about his family, um, you know, spending time with his wife, Eva. And their daughter, and um, and Ness is uh, Ness is a member of the Blind and Partially Sighted community. So Ness has a, a guide dog, and so cameras are filming them as they go through their daily lives, the ups and downs, and it's really interesting. I've seen the first two episodes, and it's been really interesting just personally to follow Ness along the way because when I first met Ness, um, Ness hadn't begun to transition from ma- uh, from female to male, and so it's been <clears throat> interesting to just <clears throat> excuse me. Just to watch that journey uh, through the first two episodes of the show and and the fact that he says um, a big deal for him was to go and have his passport fo- uh, passport renewed because he had mm. to put the M on his passport. And so that was like, okay, right. it's an M now and now everybody's going to know um, that, you know, I need to come out and, and say that I'm, I'm competing as a, as a man. And so uh, it, it really is an intimate look at uh, Ness, who has said, uh, like I said, a member of the blind and partially sighted community and competing in track and field, specifically in discus. Um, but just the ups and downs of dealing with your body as it goes through a transition. And of course, the hot button topic that trans is, especially when it comes to competing and and, uh, you know, people definitely have opinions about whether, uh, you know, the, the sexuality that you were born with is the one that you should be competing with. So really, really interesting show. And I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what people have to say. And I hope that they're respectful about it as well. So uh, Ness Murby transcending, kicking off March the 8th on AMI-tv. 
Principal production has begun on season one of Treaty Road, a six-part docuseries that will air on APTN later this year. The series follows educator and researcher Aaron Goodpipe and Métis writer, director, and producer Saxon DeCoke on their personal journey and communal journey as they travel the old, old roads to under uncover the truth about signing the numbered treaties, which were signed between 1871 and 1921. Mm. And from reading a little bit about this, I guess the impetus for the series began when Saxon was exploring his um, Métis ancestry and Mm. found out that his four times great-grandfather was the Honorable James McKay, who was a prominent Métis from the Red River area, who was also involved in many of the numbered treaty negotiations and eventually became the treaty commissioner. Uh, so this drove Saxon to learn more about his ancestors' involvement in the motivations in the treaties, and he enlisted the help of his friend Aaron Goodpipe, who's a, a community educator and researcher with knowledge and treaty rights. Uh, filming uh, is taking place across treaties one through six territories in Ontario, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta. Uh, production began last October and will end in March 2023. And uh, again, it will be broadcast by APTN and it's produced with financial support from Canada Media Fund and Creative Saskatchewan. I didn't know as a an American and one that's living in the UK all that much about the treaties before I was uh, preparing for the podcast. But wow, what a controversial history and uh, and the background of this, you know, it being part of uh, Saxon de Koch's personal, uh, you know, family and ancestry and this journey he's going to go on sounds like uh, it's going to be pretty fascinating and uh, you know uh, sobering yeah I feel exactly the same way I didn't know anything about the treaty numbers I just know that you know you know people will identify as living in treaty one or treaty two I had no idea how that whole treaty system worked so I'm I'm really looking forward to just finding out more about this Um, so yeah I'm uh, I'm very interested in checking this one out treaty road coming up on APTN and we're finishing on a little lighter note because Chorus wants more Pamela Anderson. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, this was uh, uh, earlier this month, Chorus Studios announced the continuation of their partnership with famed Hollywood icon Pamela Anderson in True New Green Lights. Pamela's Garden of Eden is currently in production on season two, and we talked about that before it kicked off on HGTV earlier. Uh, uh, was it earlier this year? Yeah, it was earlier this year. Um, continuing the renovation of her family's legacy property on Vancouver Island. And there's going to be a brand new food-focused series called Pamela's Cooking with Love. That's a working title, but I kind of hope that that's going to be the title of the show. It begins production this summer, and it's scheduled to premiere on 2024 on Food Network Canada. And it's going to spotlight Pamela's open book, Attitude, Gift for Design and Entertaining, and Savvy Ability to Create Unique Experiences. didn't say anything about the food there. Oh, okay, there is a quote. Creating elegant and inviting spaces that inspire a compassionate, calm, and healthy environment and has always been important to me and comes naturally. Uh, okay, again, it doesn't say anything about the food. Oh, she's setting... Okay, here it is. Sets the table for a one-of-a-kind dining experience in Pamela's Cooking with Love. She's fueled by craving to learn more about cooking and how she can use food to take entertaining to the next level. Ah, she's going to work with a variety of influential chefs to develop delicious plant-based menus, gather diverse ingredients, and prepare the incredible meals and moments for her friends and family. This sounds exactly like the Selena Gomez cooking show that she has um, that she'd set up during Mm -hmm. COVID where um, celebrity chefs are are walking her through the process. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's what this totally reminds me of. 
Um, so yeah, uh, Garden of Eden coming back for a second season and Cooking with Love working title coming later in 2024. I don't really have anything to say about Pamela Anderson other than she's been in the headlines, of course. She's got a new documentary that's out on Netflix, I think, that, mm-hmm. uh, you, can, uh, that you can check out. And then you've got a couple of uh, shows uh, made by Chorus Studios to watch um, later uh, this year and in 2024. Yes, and she's all over the place over here, too. So she's taken over the world again. So And now we get to watch her cook. Isn't that crazy? Like, if you just had this on your bingo card that Pamela Anderson would have some lifestyle series, would you have ever thought of that? No. And actually, reading about um, the documentary that just came out uh, last month, I guess it was, um, apparently, she not only is she Canadian, but she lived in Michigan for a while. I Mm. forgot all about that because, oh gosh, who was she married to briefly? Kid Rock? Yes, that was it. I try to forget Kid Rock. I was Rock way too Kid quick. Kid Rock's kind of a jerk. I was way too quick with my answer. I'm ashamed of myself. Yeah, well, I blocked it out because he's, well, not not my thing, yeah. and not my politics. But um, anyway, she made that mistake, and it was brief, and she lived, she lived not too far away from where I lived briefly, and I was shocked because I, I totally forgot. So... She's lived everywhere, and uh, now she's on, you know, all of our TV sets. So she used to live near where you used to live. What about Ted Nugent? Does he live anywhere near where you used to live? He's from Michigan. I know I'm putting you on the spot. He does. I know. I don't even know where he lives, but again, um, I always assume he's off torturing deer somewhere, (laughs) you know, shooting something and, you know, posting something sexist and, you know, just crazily right wing somewhere so yep okay (laughs) well there you go and and that's what we finish up with (laughs) waxing poetic about michigan amy where can people find you when you're not sitting in front of a microphone talking about tv or michigan Oh, well, you can find me uh, on twitter at wilson underscore a underscore r all right, and you can find me on Twitter at TV underscore EH, and of course you can visit TVA.com. Uh, thanks again to everybody who, uh, who has joined us today and listening to us, and uh, hopefully the clean feed works. Uh, and uh, if not, it'll be a couple of, if it didn't work and there was a cataclysmic failure, well, you'll hear from us in a couple of weeks on something else. <laughs> and that wraps up the TVA podcast, and now back to your regularly scheduled program.